Hello, everyone, and welcome to Wild Commuting. I'm Priyanka Dio, and here is this week's episode. Today's topic is very relevant to Wild Commuting, particularly the commuting part of it, and it is shocking. According to a study conducted by Voactive in 2015, there are close to 1,500 places. These are federally recognized places in the USA that still have racist slurs in their names. You may even pass by these places on your daily commute. Although the study has been conducted in 2015, very little has been done so far in the past two years. When I looked at this study in detail, and it's published online by the way, I got extremely curious. And what I read was that 600 of these names refer to African Americans using a variation of Negro and even worse, the N-word. Now the title of this podcast, and I'm just going to say it right here because it shocked me, Nigger Run was just until recently a federally recognized and accepted place in the state of Virginia. I literally went on Google Maps and typed in Negro and I was absolutely stunned. I mean, you know, stunned and shocked are not even the words to describe it. I got even more curious. I went to type in the word nigger and guess what? There are still places in the world with that word in it. And it gets even worse. There are 600 places in America that racially denigrate African Americans, but these 600 do not even refer to the words darky or spook, which are also common derogations. So if you include those, you get about 700 derogatory names, including Darkies March, Michigan, Darkie Springs Road in Tennessee, and Spook Rock Road in New York. I am so incredibly taken aback by this, and today I have a guest with me who I feel not just podcast listeners, but the world should meet, and I will tell you why. So without any further ado, I would like to welcome Mr. Maurice Turner to the show. Tell me your story, Maurice. Uh, so I was, I was hiking in the Shenandoah National Park, and uh, I was taking photos uh, throughout my hike. And when I got home, I loaded my photos up on the computer, and I was looking on, on the maps, and I saw that um, I had hiked on a trail that went right next to uh, a river, and uh, the name of the river was Negro Run. So I actually saw the name of the river um, on the Google Maps. You identify yourself as an African-American male, correct? Yes. So what was your reaction to seeing that? I was quite frankly shocked. Um, and I thought for sure that it was a typo, but it turned out that it was. I was kind of in a, in a state of disbelief, that, you know, just so close to where I live in D.C., there could be this river that has an obviously racist name. Did you take any action on it? Uh, describe the process for me step by step. So in doing my research, I, I sent emails out to the, the park superintendent and uh, to some other folks within the Department of the Interior and National Park Service. And so I actually got a reply uh, from the Shenandoah National Park superintendent, and he said that he'd be willing to, to take my recommendation to change the, the name of the river um, under consideration and, and put it through the process of actually uh, getting the name changed. The Voactive study has identified 1,500 names of places, as I said before in the show, with racial slurs. Why do you feel that this is the case in 2017? Oh, I, I'll, I'll speak for um, you know, my personal experience going to 
Shenandoah National Park on, on that day and actually coming across the river, you know, just in the drive leaving D.C. and going into uh, Virginia, I saw quite a bit of homes that were flying Confederate flags. I think to a certain extent it's, it's hidden racism. Um, I believe that there is a lot more diversity uh, in our urban areas. And consequently, uh, there's less diversity, um, you know, in, in more rural areas. And so I think that when you have more travel and you have more visitors going to places that traditionally didn't really see very much diversity, um, that's when you're going to see that friction. And you're going to see that the uncovering of some some racist names. And then you would mm-hmm. expect to see friction in getting those names changed. In your opinion, how should we begin, and I'm not just talking about America, all over the world, how should human beings start to break down the walls of racism? Because it's clearly happening all over the world. My approach has always been to show a positive example uh, that breaks someone's expectations based on a negative stereotype. So if someone has a negative stereotype of um, a young African-American male, I would hope that my my personal experience with them would be of, of a positive um, experience, and it would break that negative stereotype that they have. And so I, I think that the more positive experiences a person can have on a one-to-one level, the more likely that negative stereotype will be broken down and eroded over time and replaced with a positive stereotype. In my opinion, I don't see racism as being broken down overnight, nor do I see a lot of people willing to sort of take action, perhaps because the process is too long. Governments, especially in developing countries, take a lot of time to deal with these issues. How do you see an overall change? I would encourage them to get involved, you know, however they can, because that is that is an essential part of the American experience. I would like to conclude the show with this. In 2015, former President Barack Obama was quoted as saying, and I quote verbatim, societies don't overnight completely erase everything that has happened 200 to 300 years prior. Now, those 200 to 300 years prior, he was referring to America. In truth, let's look at the bigger picture here. Discrimination runs deep in places all over the world. In India, for example, being gay, being homosexual is illegal. It is against the law to have sexual activity between people of the same gender and same-sex couples cannot legally marry or obtain a civil partnership. India, by the way, is the world's largest democracy, and this ruling still exists in 2017. Let's take a look at Australia. One in three citizens have experienced racism in Australia firsthand, The word Islamophobia, and there was just an article about this online, has become a common term as of this year. When I type in nigger on Google Maps, most of the places are in Australia. You get nigger head, you get niggers bounce, and you also get nigger creek. Even in Europe, just three years ago, 2014, hundreds of people of African origin were physically assaulted and many of them killed in Southern Europe, including the countries of Poland, Italy, Spain, Greece, and Ukraine. This is not a question of whether racism still exists or not, and I quite frankly am sick and tired of people debating this topic. Yes, it does exist, and no, it cannot be denied. It is not just a matter of obvious discrimination. Another problem, in my opinion, is in part the fault of the media. Did you know that around 10,000 Muslims recently marched against ISIS in Germany? 
And guess what? This was completely ignored by the media. My guest today, Maurice Turner, successfully got Nigger Run officially changed to Tim's River in Virginia, and this went largely unnoticed. What I see as a solution to this is simply to speak up. Just like Maurice Turner. He started with a simple letter and nothing but persistence. It's not that hard. Maurice also documented his progress on a Wikipedia page, and you can read about it if you search for Tim's River, that's T-I-M apostrophe S River, now the official name of what was Nigger Run, Virginia. I firmly believe, and I have said so in my previous episodes, change always starts small. And in this case of racism, even local and individual change is extremely significant. If there is a problem, be the change agent intervene, record, take a picture or a video on your phone and report something when you see it. Nobody needs to know that you're behind it if you don't want the attention, but at least report it to someone or tell someone who will or can or is able to help. Most importantly, I think it is extremely, extremely crucial, especially in today's day and age, to be informed. Learn about other groups, not just at the surface level. For me personally, I I find that reading is rather dry, especially reading history. So I tend to read personal stories of people who have been through certain events. Doing this gives you tremendous insight and the ability to take an educated stance. We all have to understand that we have all got to change society. And in order to do that, the change needs to first come within ourselves. With all of the overtly discriminatory events going on in today's world, really, really question why you feel different about others and why it's so important. Find the root of it and then decide whether or not this is right or wrong in your heart. You make that decision, but back it up with reason. Maurice Turner, now I can say confidently, won his battle in Virginia, but clearly there are still so many hurdles. Did you know that a federally recognized place called Negro Run still exists in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, West Virginia, and in Ohio? That's not even it. Squaw Tit. Now, squaw is a derogatory name for a Native American woman, and squaw tit refers to her chest. Squaw tit still exists in Arizona, New Mexico, Nebraska, and even in Canada. Chinaman Bluff exists both in Wisconsin and Louisiana. How did I find all these places? I opened up Google Maps and searched for them, and they still exist. You can do the same on your computer or your phone. Your time is now. Take a stance, be informed, make a change. That's a wrap for this week's episode. Many thanks to guest Maurice Turner and the Wild Commuting production team. We look forward to doing another piece for you next week. If you enjoyed today's episode, please be sure to subscribe, rate, and review. I'm Priyanka Deo, and until next week, I'm signing off.